0: Welcome to the fourth episode of Bitches Love Brunch. I am your co-host, Kiana. And it's Courtney. We're back, y'all. We're back from L.A. Uh, Just to give y'all a recap of our
1: last brunch. L.A. was everything. Courtney, (laughs) how'd you enjoy your time in L.A.? I had an amazing time in L.A. Matter of fact, I think. As soon as I was leaving, I was like, I need to be planning my next trip out there. Oh, because that was my first trip to L.A. So, oh, I was really kind of feeling it out. And it was everything that I expected it to be. Um, had a good time with friends. It was pretty much a semi, you know, OU reunion. So, I can never complain when Bobcats get together. I was...
0: I was thoroughly pleased with my trip there. had a good time. You know, that was my second trip to L.A. And the first time I had went, it was nothing how I thought it would be. Because I always thought that I was like an East Coast girl. So I was like, I like New York a lot better than L.A. And then actually being in my later 20s, I realized I don't like New York as much. And I absolutely love the West Mm -hmm. Coast. Like it's everything that I want oh. and need.
1: Okay. So Hint hint. And shout out to the reason uh, that we were No, in I LA. don't know I Um Yeah. I just wanna share and this is probably gonna give me a little bit of trouble, but and I can't remember if we shared this on um the podcast when we were in LA. But our we talked about it a little bit, but you know you were uh, Yeah, maybe I just don't recall. Um <laughs> Now, I, I'm aging, so that memory, that memory sure will get you. Anywho. Oh, is that what that was? We were there because we were celebrating <laughs> our friend Mark, who graduated from USC's film school. Yes. And that is. Yes. Fight on. That was such a huge ac- accomplishment for him. So we were just glad to be able to be there and partake in that moment and be present and then celebrate and turn up with him. Every night while we were Yes,
0: there. Mark, we love you so much. We are so, so proud of you. And in case you listeners didn't know, USC is the number one film school the in the
1: country. The number
0: one. <laughs> so, the number one film school in the country. So... Our boy is doing big things. Landed a job in Hollywood. He's staying out there. That means we still don't gotta pay for a hotel, so we're good. Right. <laughs> we're so proud of you. We love you so much. And shout out to um, shout out to Dre. The heck, he was gonna Dre be Dre is tip another this one week. of our. Bang. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to shout him out though. Like Dre was on the episode last week.
1: He was.
0: Should not have not stole your tip. I'm sorry. Yes, it's fine. It's fine. But we—it's a part of the recap. No. Go
1: ahead. I mean, you started now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> um, Dre, we love you so much. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for being candid. You, uh, we are always counting on you to be you. Dre is phenomenal. He's out in LA doing his thing too. So shout out to all of our friends
1: in LA. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Dre because I was going to give him my tip. Because he was my host, um, as he should be, that's like my brother. So um, I wasn't paying for a hotel, but he graciously opened up his home to me and he stays right in Hollywood. <laughs> um, so I will be back out there again to see you.
0: I'll be back to Dre. You know, her, her and Mark don't like for me and Dre to be see, friends. You didn't even but... have to bring
1: this up. You <laughs> just kept it
0: cool, kept it clean. That's right. Let it go. Yeah, but I didn't. I'm sorry. So, yeah, we love you, Dre. We had such a good time on the show. What did we talk about? We talked about, um, like, what's your price? Like, everybody, I'm just, I have a feeling everybody can be bought. You know, we discussed that last week, and we went in to talk about um, what some of our prices were, what some of our non-negotiables were, what some of the things or the pieces of change that we do some things for. It was a good time. It was fun, and then we played um, Fuck
1: Mary or Kill Fuck
0: Killing Mary, a oh, Fuck Mary or Kill. And Courtney had a really good selection. So if you did, if you missed that episode, go, go back, back and listen. listen to that episode. I think it was one of our funniest, one of our funnier episodes. Um, that yeah, we've go had back so and listen
1: far. to how they played me, but it's fine. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> it's a game. It's a game, and if you're not playing to win,
0: you shouldn't be playing. Y'all wasn't. It's not even a game you can win. Y'all were just being childish. What are you talking about? You were just being childish. It wasn't childish. We gave you good options. You made your selection. I did. I did. And, and I we and forward. to this day,
1: I stand by them. I stand by them. Okay. So y'all go back and listen and see what listen, my options were. As long as you're comfortable. And let me know if you agree with me or not. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there <laughs> that do not.
0: I just want to say this, like, while we recorded the episode, L.A. was lit the whole time, so we were lit. It was fun. We'll,
1: we'll say this. You all know we that sometimes we partake in drinks on any given episode, so the fact that we were in L.A., any. it was a good time.
0: Y'all know what to do when y'all get to right. L.A. You know what you do
1: when you go <laughs> on vacation, no Period. Shoot, I know what I do on a random Tuesday Randomly. when I gotta get home for work and need a drink or five. So
0: it's, it was such a good time, loved it. All right, so that was last week. Uh, and moving right along, um, let's bring in the
1: the quote of the week. So I have the pleasure of giving you all the quote this week and. <laughs> It's something really dear to my heart. (laughs) And it's pretty simple, too. The quote of the week. Yes. The quote of the week is, fuck your hoes. You know very well who you
0: are. (laughs) Don't let them hold you down. Reach for the stars.
1: Everybody, Everybody knows that what that song is, and Kiana just kind of finished it off for me, but if you don't know, that is Biggie, and in the beginning, that's how it starts off with is fuck y'all hoes. Fuck all you hoes. <laughs> and that is, that's the mood that we're in today. I believe for good reason. We're kind of disrespecting our elders today. Are we disrespecting our elders? I think we're letting out some truths and some opinion. And I don't... If if we're gonna, you know, talk about our elders, you know, I don't really mean it in its truest form of fuck y'all hoes. However. <laughs> um, It's fuck all you hoes. We believe that it was all a dream. They sold us this dream. Ugh. Or they sold our generation a dream. And now we don't know how to deal with it. Because we didn't really get what we wanted. Let's just go right into it. I mean, you said let's just go right into it? Yeah, just dive. We're there now. We're there now. <laughs> <laughs> I went two feet in because clearly I feel some way about it. But so I'll let Kiana give y'all the official topic but we feel like our generation some have dubbed us as the millennials were sold a dream and now we're not living up to those expectations. Right. So it's kind of
0: like well it's not kind of like it is (laughs) <laughs> um, when our parents really told us like we can do anything can be anything you go to college you live this cookie cutter life uh, I wouldn't say cookie cutter life but this prescribed life and so it's like uh, you know you matriculate through school you go to college you get a job you get married and have kids and that's not how life works and you're told that you um, can have it all some of those things that's that's the biggest mistake. And not saying that you can't conquer it all, but realistically it's it's really hard to do and, and it takes almost a lifetime to really check check off all those different boxes and those boxes don't necessarily happen in their chronological order. And I think that that is definitely something that we need to talk about, especially this um this this unattainable um, timeline that we're on. Now, some of this works out for most people, but I also find that when those timelines do happen in that order, a lot of things are sacrificed in order to hit that chronological mark that society has deemed acceptable for our millennials. And so I guess the first thing we could talk about is like education, You know, that's the first thing they did tell us. So we're going to school, you go to kindergarten, you work your way through elementary school, middle school, high school, college. And then reality hits once you cross that stage.
1: Well, with that thought, I I think you're right. Like, education is a good starting point. I think we were even sold a dream there. Because for some, it wasn't like, that that is the exact path that you take because you have to remember what generations came before. So, you know, you may have quite a few parents, our parents or, you know, parents of the millennials that didn't go to college or, you know, were just working class people. Um,
0: Which was right. fine then because you, you had you made enough money after high school right, to do that um, to provide for your family of 12. <laughs> right.
1: But then at some point, people started setting this tone and this expectation of go to college, go to college. That's just kind of what you do. And I know for me personally, it wasn't something that was forced upon me, but it just seemed like that next natural step. But they don't tell you how you're going to pay for college. They don't tell you that it's going to cost you $60,000 your firstborn, and your kidney, and then after you cross the stage, your left foot. So, (laughs) they hyped up the dream from the very beginning. Like, yes, go to school. You're in kindergarten now. Okay, yay, you're in fifth grade. You can be whatever you want to be. And you're in junior high. And in order to be whatever you want to be, you have to go to school. You have to go to college. But, which is a bunch of bullshit like you can't be anything that you want
0: to be like if you don't have the natural aptitudes (laughs) for certain things (laughs) or interests you literally i cannot be actually i do think i could be a neurosurgeon but i you can't do that shit if you're not interested in it or you don't have the natural ability and grant that's not saying you need natural ability to do everything some things some skill sets are learned and mastered through practice but i'm letting you know like you can't be a jack of all trades and master. Oh. You can't do everything. <laughs> you cannot. Let's not <laughs> <Okay>. go there. <laughs> you already, you already know that. Okay. Let's not
1: go there. But I'll just say that I agree. You cannot be a jack of all trades and a master of none. No, but same. Like, I wanted to be a pediatrician initially growing up. So, essentially, I wanted to be somebody's doctor. I got to high school and I was not messing with that science. I just wasn't. (laughs) Like, I couldn't be a doctor. (laughs) Like, after I saw that science was not my strong suit, like, I couldn't be anybody's doctor. Any sort of variation (laughs) of a doctor that I wanted to be, not happening in that sense. I wasn't good at science. It wasn't my thing. Did I pass it? Yes. But I couldn't be absolutely anything that I wanted to be. I wasn't going to work to be a doctor if I had to get over science. Not happening. I'll choose something else. Thank you. I'll, I'll find my other good skills and choose that. And
0: I think that, I think my, my the harshest reality that I had was like when I left OU, when I graduated from undergrad, um, in undergrad, they give you these things called a DARS. <laughs> Everybody knows how much of a pain in the ass those are. But pretty much it's this outline of all of the required coursework that you have to take to reach completion for your bachelor's degree. Now, this shit was hard to understand, but probably like your, by the time you got to maybe your second quarter, sophomore year, you understood what it was and what you needed to do each year, each quarter that you were in school. And when I graduated, I just felt like, oh, you abandoned me. Like, they were like, all right, um, no more DARS for you. We don't really have a plan to give you, but you just (laughs) got to get the fuck out. And I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) I don't have a next step. Y'all didn't force fed me these plans for these last four years, and now I don't feel like I'm equipped to go out into the real world and find that dream job that i'm supposed to get because i have these credentials when in fact you never told well i guess i was just too naive to realize that a million other people were graduating with those same other creden- those same credentials across the mm-hmm. globe at the exact same mm-hmm. time and i was just i felt like oh you have sold me a dream that made it seem like because i got this piece of paper from them i would stand out and i would be you know, recommended higher than other people. But when, in fact, when you're competing in that same pool, of people who have the same credentials as you, you're not really all that special.
1: You know what's funny, and I'm just recalling this, and I have no idea why I remember this, but there was one person in high school, and it was actually after um, high school. I started my first year at OU, and I think I went back to visit my old high school, caught up with some old teachers, Um. And I ran into this teacher, and I don't think he was ever even really my teacher, but (laughs) he was my coach for uh, Powder Puff football. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're just chit-chatting, and he's like, you know, how's school going? You know, I'm just like, you know, it was going great. Probably really wasn't at the time, um, but, you know, just already kind (laughs) of- Lies we all tell. like, you just, you got to make yourself feel good. You know, you can't have people out here thinking that you're not succeeding because they've sold you these dreams. Anywho, the point of this story is, I was just like, you know, already kind of thinking about next steps. He was like, yeah, because pretty much um, at this point nowadays, and this was back in 2006, you can wipe your ass with your bachelor's degree. Like, they already mean nothing. Like, you don't have a choice but to go get your master's. And when he said that to me, I was just like, wait, what? (laughs) Y'all told me to do this. Y'all told me to go get my bachelor's. And you're telling me I got to go for more already? But looking back, I'm like, this is one dude that did not sell me a dream. (laughs) He was like, that bachelor's means nothing. It is not going to set you apart from the rest. Like, you have to go that extra step these days.
0: But you've gone far. But you're I
1: have. No, I absolutely have. I think his point was just kind of to what you were saying was that everybody is out here getting a bachelor's now. That's what's happening. So what are you going to do? There's something else that you have to do that's going to make you stand apart from the rest of the crowd. Like, How are you setting yourself apart from everybody else that now has the same qualifications that you do? What do you, yeah. you know, what are you gonna do with that? You have to stand out. Cause when you put your resume in front of somebody and both of them read, you know, that bachelor's degree, who's getting a job? Now I think that,
0: that I think that that's true, especially for the pool of everybody who has their, their bachelor's. However, I also think that your perception is your mm-hmm. reality. And that, that being said is that I know our group of friends and, like, especially our college group of friends, everybody has a bachelor's. A lot of people have master's. Mm-hmm. But that's still a small percentage of black people. Isn't it? <laughs> I think that we forget that because it looks like everybody has it when, in fact, everybody, everybody
1: does not. Everybody does not.
0: Or, But when it comes to playing this game
1: with these white folks, it it feels like right you know it's one of the or people didn't take that traditional route to get the bachelor's or you know for post secondary education right. so i have a lot of friends now who um who started out you know trying to go to a four year institution and did the traditional route living on campus um but that didn't work for them so some of them you know chose to pull themselves out Maybe I need to take a different route. Maybe I need to take online courses. And at the end of the day, they still have that degree.
0: Yeah. I love hearing stories about the non-traditional routes to school. Me too. Especially those people who go to community colleges first and save so, much, so money much money and then still get the same credentials that I have. I'm just like, fuck, why wasn't I more patient? But then at the end of the day,
1: I am happy I knocked it out in four years. Well five for me, but um I knocked it out either way. You know, I took my victory lap, <laughs> took that fifth year and made it happen. Um but no I that's you know, and that's good
0: that you did. We wouldn't have met.
1: <laughs> that is true. Y'all, we would not be here today if I did not take that fifth year at OU. We would not be at the, having this podcast right now.
0: God know what he doing. God <laughs> knew what he, he do doing. It? He said, Right, it's just like you don't see, you don't see that foreshadowing. But he's like, I'm doing this for a reason. You don't even know. What this so let you all. Like. Let me get off. Can this. create. Let me
1: stop before we get a praise. Bitches break love here. brunch. <laughs> praise break on that. <laughs> that's what he said. Yes. That's so
0: funny. Another, th- and I know this is petty, but that goddamn Disney Channel. I feel like that's that just ruins stuff for females. All female expectations are ruined in terms of, like, happily ever after relationships because of Disney movies. Um, We don't need saviors. We don't need princes. Oh. <laughs> Those are all dreams oh. that they sold us again. Not saying, like, you don't need a partner, but I'm just saying, like, you ain't meeting somebody when you're 14 living in the palace by yourself. You're
1: not. You're not. But I don't it's know.
0: That was, that was never a dream, so, to me, so... Oh, yeah. It's too big. We're very different when it comes to that.
1: Yes. Yes. But would you say that was a dream sold to you? Or just because of your atmosphere and what you were watching, you felt like that's what it was? Like, that's what you felt like society was telling you?
0: I mean, yeah, I wouldn't attribute it all to Disney. Disney had a big, um, played a big role in it. But I do feel like after college you do think that right away you're going to get married and you're going to have kids. Mm. Or at least that's what people are expecting as their next steps. They never talk about the steps that you do to, like, find yourself or get healthy mentally, physically, emotionally, financially. Right. You know, they, you just figure your life just goes in this short line of college, marriage, kids. And then die. <laughs> Literally, that is that is what people project. For, at least that's what you hear. And see, I think that's interesting. Or have you heard
1: and Kiana and I started to kind of discuss this prior to you know recording this show, just how the dreams sold are different for everybody. And some of this also came from the fact that as millennials, we feel like we were sold a different dream. Um, but for me, I feel like I'm a, on a I'm on a different end of the spe- spectrum of those millennials. I cannot talk today worth shit. Excuse me, everybody. But I'm on a different end of the spectrum for millennials. So, in terms of that princess piece, that wasn't a dream that was really sold for me. I mean, yeah, you saw it on TV, but that's not what I was getting in my environment. So I wasn't sold this dream. Of I guess the girl in the castle that needed saving by some Prince Charming. Um was it, you know, was it in my environment? Yes, in terms of like what I was watching and on TV, of course, like the Disney Channel and all that. I guess back then for me it was Nickelodeon and Disney movies. But so you saw it there, but I think it was made based on my reality, it was made very clear to me that. You didn't have time to be waiting for some man to come save you or Prince Charming because you're going to have to do some things on your own. See, and that's the thing. It it, it just doesn't work like that for everybody.
0: I get that. I don't think I necessarily thought that I wasn't going to have to work on my own, but eventually I knew that somebody's going to come and help me with this slack. (laughs) You know, like this life wasn't going to be spent. Majority of my twenties, me doing the shit by myself. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I think that just provided a different outlet or outlook for me.
0: Do you feel so like that I shaped your expectations a for a marriage, Stan? Do you think that like, your expectations for marriage are different from those people who really wanted that fairy tale ending?
1: No, because I still want the fairy tale ending, but I think it just looks different and I learned that and how it looks. I learned that early on. So for me the fairy tale ending wasn't just me having a husband or a partner that um we shared a home with and he was the provider and I was able to still work and having children and being a soccer mom and nothing is wrong with any of that. It was just like, for me, the reality was everything may not go in that particular order and everything may not happen that way. So I had to learn early on what fairy tale meant for me and what I valued was a little bit different. Like, so my fairy tale was I wanted a partner, I wanted somebody that was going to be loyal, I wanted somebody that I could call my friend. As well, not just some guy that I called my husband. Um, and we did what society expected us to do. Like, I wanted it to be successful. And not that other people don't. Like, I don't think anybody goes into marriage thinking, oh, yeah, I want to be married for three or four years and see if it works out and then get divorced in the end. No. I just mean that the fairy tale just looked a little different. That's an in- end well, or my expectations for it. That's an in- end different.
0: I, not in depth, but, like, that's a very mature way to look at it. Because I didn't realize that I wanted all of those things in a mate until I got much older. I just thought it was all romance. Mm-hmm. And that's, honestly, like, romance won't be the thing that will keep, upkeep or sustain my relationship.
1: You know? hmm mm-hmm. Um And that's
0: fair. But I didn't know that. like
1: you said, that is what society is feeding us, though. Yeah,
0: it is. Like the movies, the the, rom-coms and stuff like that. You
1: just, you think that and that's not, I don't know. It's not realistic. Right. Nobody's telling you, again, this dream that is so, nobody's telling you, you want a communicator. (laughs) You want somebody that's going to be able to share their concerns with you or when they're going through something what the heck is going on, so it's not like you don't end up in a situation where they end up cheating because they feel like they're missing something from the relationship. Like, nobody's telling you that. They're just telling you, oh, get a husband, have children, pay your bills, maybe. <laughs> right. And then and then send your children back out into that same society.
0: Another thing I will say is that the... not. I don't want to call it non-traditional, but it is almost seen as a non-traditional route, is that no one, society really doesn't accept when somebody wants to deviate from that plan. So if somebody necessarily doesn't want to get married, or somebody doesn't want to have mm-hmm. kids, or somebody doesn't want to go to college, like everything that has that society has um, prescribed to us, like these are the steps in order to get this, that, and another, those people who decide that, you know, that's not the path that I want, it's hard for other people to really grasp why it is that you don't want a kid right away or that you chose to travel the world for for four years before going to college. You know what I'm saying? Like get to know yourself before Mm -hmm. you decide on a major at only 17, predicting what you're going to do for the rest of your life, which is asinine but <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah it's just in and not only society but like on the individual level we look at these people and just like why how is something wrong with you you know what i'm saying like
1: it's we're so quick to judge people mhm for example and i don't mind using myself as an example and kiana knows this like i've expressed and shared with several people that i don't want to have children Um, and instead of people going, oh, why, or why not? Or, you know, asking those, those types of follow-up questions. Most people are like, oh, you'll change your mind. Or you, what do you mean you don't want to have children? Like it's the greatest experience in the world. What do you mean you don't want to birth, like physically push out an eight pound baby from your vagina? Like people really, (laughs) people really question that. And it's always like they're forcing this ideal on you again that you said you know was prescribed as opposed to just being like, "Oh, well, help me understand why maybe you have some valid reasons. What if I up and told them, "'Oh, I can't have children, so that's actually why, <laughs> yeah, you know I'm not going to, but instead, people are just like you said, just so quick to judge, and I think it's interesting, especially because it's becoming one more and more common that women either. Women and men don't want to have children or they're waiting to have children. Yeah. Um, gone are the days. And I, I think this is, it cracks me up every time. My mother was 19 when she got married and she was 21, 22 by the time she had her first child. Mm. Do you know what we were doing at 21 and 22?
0: Honey. I was
1: not ready to be anybody's. I wasn't
0: ready to take care of my fucking self. And I wasn't taking care of myself.
1: (laughs) Right. At this point, literally at my age right now, my mother had three children and one on the way. Which was me at this age. I couldn't have met like. Again, these dreams that are sold, I couldn't imagine trying to do all of that and maintain.
0: Kudos to her and everybody else who has done that or is doing it. That's just not my path. Right.
1: (laughs) It's not. That's not what God has set for me. It is not that's not the calling of my life, not at this moment. mm, that's not my song, my dance, or my story <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's
1: it's just not that's
0: interesting.
1: That's very interesting. um, what other dreams do you feel like you've been sold? I feel like those are two big dreams that um our generation was sold between you know, outside of the overarching of you can have it all, education and marriage slash family. Oh, um, Is there anything else that you feel like you were sold on?
0: I guess this is like, I wouldn't say that the generation before us sold. Me, what I'm going to say, I think that now the way that social media is structured and the way that things are at our fingertips, I feel like our the way that technology is set up at the moment, I'm not saying it's selling us dreams, but it's giving us a false reality of some things as well. Um, social media does a really good job at painting the pictures, painting perfect pictures, you know, on on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, whatever handle that you decide to use, those are always good moments. You know, like nobody shows mm-hmm. what it's like to come home from work on a Monday and feel like, fuck, I don't really know what I want to do with my life next. Except for those depressing people on Facebook mm-hmm. and you unfollow them because you don't want to hear that shit. Because
1: so... <laughs> you don't need that additional negativity Exactly, because life. life is... like, you can't carry your your burden and being, exactly right? like
0: i can't carry i can't carry your burden right now and so you unfollow those people so i think that social media in itself it's a, it can be a really good thing but the way that i will talk about it today is really creating a false sense of reality because if you even go through my timeline there's no fucking way I'm happy that in t- my, like, <laughs> like from September, from December to the next December. Do you really think I'm smiling that hard every day? It's just, every day. it's just not like that. It's kind of like when Joe Budden was talking to Lil Yachty, like you aren't that fucking happy. Like <laughs> You can't be that happy. <laughs> and it's the truth. I'm not saying like every, everybody's depressed or everybody, every life happens, you know, life happens every day. And there are days that, you know, your emotions are fluctuating. And I don't feel as though social media does a good job at making transparency
1: um, available amongst this generation. I, You know what's interesting, though? I feel like that is almost a continuation of previous generations. So I feel like we have now spun it in our own way. So we're kind of kind of adding to this. Um, I feel like generations before us, like one thing that was always maybe not taught to me, but like or directly said to me, but like those things are like you keep family business at home, you don't really speak about A, B, and C, you're not you're not talking about the family secrets in public. So you're giving off this perception. It may not have been on social media during those times, but to the rest of the world, anytime we step foot, up, foot out the house, you, gonna, you still going to dress nice, your hair still going to be done because we are not going to give any indication that something is wrong at home. You know what I mean? Right. And so now we're in this generation of we're choosing to do it in the platform that we have we're not posting on social media to be like super depressed today. Not a good day at work. Most people, unless you, like you said, unless you have those extremes of people that are just doing that all the time. That's just kind of what they feed into doing on social media. It's just like, it's always some sort of negative post. Like, damn, do you ever have a happy day? And then on the other end, it's like, damn, do you ever have a day off? Like, (laughs) is there not a day where it's just like, you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> You're not feeling it right now. So I, I feel like we kind of continued that. I do, but I think... It, this false sense of reality. I think that that's
0: I think that's very true. I agree with what you said. But one of the beautiful... Like, the whole reason why... The whole reason my interest was sparked in creating, like, a podcast is because I was listening to different podcasts and the level of transparency... Was just so refreshing to me. Mm-hmm. The fact that mm-hmm. I'm not the only one going through things, or the only one who has experienced certain things, it was just—it was a breath of fresh air because I found these people. Because oftentimes, like we think we suffer in silos, like you don't, nec- like you think you're the only person that's going through these issues, and that's not necessarily the case. And yet, we have all these different mediums to communicate with one another. And we still can't get down to the core of who we really are. Right. It's just unfortunate. No, I I agree.
1: I agree. And to your point, and I don't know if we've shared this um, before on another episode of kind of why I think we did maybe on the first. We kind of touched on it, but um, I think it's worth repeating that. Like you said, one of the reasons why we started this is if you consider the professions that you and I are both in, I won't say that they're structured, but there is some sort of limitation to them. Right. So, and they're not really, they're not always conducive to our full personality. (laughs) To say, you know, on this day, I'm feeling a little ratchet. Right. This day, um, well, every day, I'm into my Jesus. Or... From nine to five, I'm this super professional, or you know whatever it may be, and so this is kind of like an outlet for us to say, "You know this is who we are on any given day, especially as young black women in today's society to be like, "I'm black, I'm in the workforce." Um, I'm a woman, I've, you know, I've earned my degree, so on and so forth. You know, I I believe in this particular religion, whatever it may be. And I cuss a lot. Like, you know what I mean? I'm all these things. Right. But yet, everybody else, or not everybody else, but there's still this large portion of us that don't feel that we can be transparent with these things that we have created for ourselves to be transparent. We still just choose to show this small, small part of our life. But then that makes me think, like, is it, is it, um,
0: is it that those different pieces of us aren't accepted in all, the, all of these environments? Or is it that we don't, um, is there some type of insecurity that won't let us show these different facets
1: of who we are? I think it's a little bit of both. I think so, too. I think it's because... I think because it feels like it's not accepted, we become insecure about it. So, uh, unless it is the norm, unless it is the, um, you know, get married, have a husband, and two and a half kids, a dog, and a white picket fence, if it's anything that derails from that, then it's just like, oh, then then what I'm doing is not accepted. How do I even become to, you know, feel comfortable in showing this other side? Nobody wants to be transparent with that. Not if you're about to be looked down upon for it. Right. So with that being said, then. That leads me to believe like. We hold in a lot. And we're not, we're not releasing these things. And maybe sometimes we are, but we're not releasing them in, in the best way um, or the most productive way. So I have a question for you. Like, What do you consider to be some of your outlets when you're not necessarily posting the bad days on social media? How do you escape from those things? Mmm. I feel like we just got super deep, we did. super quick. Um,
0: <laughs> I think one of the things for me, I try to find like trusted friends that I can talk to about some of the things that are like necessary, like that are bothering me, or if I'm not just on the up and up, like those those friendships where I feel like I can really hold hold no punches, you know. Mm-hmm. And those people who don't necessarily, like, judge you, that's, that's one thing. If I really want to just self-soothe, mm-hmm. um, I know this is not the most health, this is not the healthiest thing to do, but I, like, come home and I don't want to communicate with anybody, uh, and so I, like, watch TV. <laughs> Literally, I'm just sit <laughs> in front of TV until it's time for me to go to bed, until I think it's an appropriate bedtime for me. And I'm just like, well, fuck, I'm going to bed now. Like, I've just been sitting here waiting to go to sleep. Here it is. You know? And it's it's so unhealthy. Right. But that is some of the things that I do. And it's not necessary. And honestly, like, the TV situation is me, like, avoiding whatever it is that's bothering me. Me reaching out to friends mm-hmm. that want to talk things through. That's me actually trying to address my emotions. And I find that, right. you know, those moments... I mean, both are... Constructive, depending on what i'm looking for um because i never really try to suppress my emotions for too long but i'm not perfect sometimes i do i try to avoid a lot but i think one of the things that i'd use to escape is friends or um tv now another thing i will say and this is me being totally transparent um i'm a really really caring person and so i feel as though i try to be there for a lot of people and so one of the things that I will do, even though I know this can really be unhealthy for me, is that when I know that some of my friends or some people that I associate with are going through issues, and I know that my issues are really burden, burdening me at that time, sometimes I'll take on their issues to avoid my issues.
1: Mm, and that... That is deep and very transparent. It
0: is. And it's very... It's, it's really hard to do. But in a very selfish way, it kind of, like, puts me in the mode to just not deal with what I'm dealing with, make my problems seem very mm-hmm. minuscule compared to theirs. When In reality, when I'm, hanging up with, when I'm hanging up the phone with them or FaceTime with them, I'm still left with, you know, my own issues. It's a crazy thing that I right. do, but I do it, and it's really, really unhealthy. So there was a point in time in my life where I had moved away from that. Where I was really practicing a lot of self care. And this is when, like, my spiritual life was very intense too, where I was just doing a lot of preserving my own peace. And now I find myself going back to that old, I would say, coping mechanism, even though it's not really coping.
1: Mm. I think it's interesting that you say that, you know, and that it's something that you do in terms of taking on other people's burdens. I think. And this isn't to minimize you by any means, but I think it's interesting because I feel like a lot of people do that unknowingly, not realizing that you're trying to pick up somebody else's to avoid what you're doing. Because I feel like it's easier for us to recognize that we're avoiding our own problems when it's like, oh, I'm going to drink or I'm going to just veg out and watch TV or binge watch a series or something like that. But I think it's harder to recognize when we're doing stuff like that where it's just like, you know, let me take this call from, you know, from homegirl because I know she's going through something and I don't have to think about what I'm going through right now. I'd rather think about her issues because I don't have to address mine. I can escape my reality for a moment. Yeah. That's interesting and well put. Well, thank you. Um... (laughs) What about you? Mm. I'm trying to think. I would probably say... I don't necessarily consider like when I veg out and watch TV to be one of those things where I try to escape or avoid... For me, it truly is like when I do those types of things, it really is about like that is downtime that I need in order to rejuvenate myself and recharge because I need to be doing mindless and thoughtless things. So for me, I try to find things that are my escape, but that are going to help me recharge for the next day or the next week or to kind of get over something. Um... So, whether that is working out, whether that is vegging out for a weekend and watching a series, sometimes that's it. It's not necessarily me avoiding it, but it's just knowing what I need for myself and saying, okay, you can veg out this weekend, but when Monday rolls around, you got to get back to it and we got some shit we got to figure out. So, yeah, for me, it's not necessarily... That vegging out can be a bad thing, but like I said, just kind of recognizing what it takes for me to get back on my shit. That's not to say that I don't avoid things sometimes. Um, For me, avoidance is just like, what that can look like is just clear avoidance. If I don't want to deal with that bill at the moment, it's like, I might just put that in the pile for today. And then on Monday, we're just going to have to figure out how we're going to pay it or what, you know, whatever it may be. But I give myself a time limit. My escape, typically, um, working out, talking to my mother, and we may not actually be talking about the actual problem, but just talking to her, um, is probably one of my biggest escapes, um. Um, and like you talking to friends and whatnot, but now that we kind of talked about that piece of talking to friends and talking about their problems. And I think that's why I brought it up was just like, oh, maybe that is something that I'm using to avoid my own. But sometimes for me, that is rejuvenating where by me helping somebody else or giving advice to somebody else, it's like, okay, Courtney, if you gonna do this for somebody else, you need to do it for yourself. Um, or talking to friends about my actual problem. Um, not every friend, you know, you know, some friends are for certain things, but, um, you know, because, and I say that because Kiana thinks I'm a secret keeper and she is, oh my gosh,
0: (laughs) if I could run down, I can give you a laundry list of the shit that Courtney has kept secret. And it's not even like bad things that she's kept secret it'd be like good stuff and you'd be like well bitch why didn't you tell me like i would like to celebrate with you or like just stuff that you want to be there for as a friend but when you got a secret keeping ass friend um, <laughs> sometimes you don't really get that opportunity so you gotta celebrate with the rest of the world because you ain't shit so that's I just feel me. like
1: she is throwing shots right now because of something that truly recently happened Talking
0: Y'all about okay, so is so Courtney, <laughs> Courtney is great at her job. She's a very respectable professional. She's a lot better than me because Courtney and I don't actually I don't even know if I could contribute this to her job. I'm just going to I'm just going to attribute it to her job. Y'all, she don't even be texting at work. I be texting her all fucking day long. She don't. <laughs> uh, she don't even be texting at work, but she's still a bad texter outside of work. So I don't really know
1: how Which that one works. It is.
0: But I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be like, she be working all day. That ain't me. <laughs> um, anybody from my job listening to me, I do my job. But listen, um. Uh, <laughs> She's just a really hard worker and she's very diligent about what she does in her career and things like that. So Courtney um, was just added as a new board member to a new to um, a nonprofit. And I was just so happy for her. But the thing was, I found out when she told all of her Facebook people, I talked to her. We do this podcast together. Like, bitch, when weren't you going to tell me this? You know, like, I didn't even know that this was something that was, like, up in the running or coming up soon, something in the pipeline. It was just, like, one day she posted it on Instagram, and I was just like, are we... I literally wanted to comment, like, are we not fucking friends? But I just said, congratulations, and I just kept it moving.
1: Dag. So, I didn't even know that that's how she felt, and that's what she was going to put, because she did keep it nice and clean, I was just like congratulations, boo. You know, proud of you. <laughs> real simple. That's what um, I comment on somebody' page. I don't fucking know. <laughs> like I know them,
0: but like we ain't talking for real. Congratulations, girl. Right.
1: And you know what? <laughs> now that you say that, I looked at it and I was kind of like, she did keep it real simple. You know, because like you said, we friends. We do this podcast together. We talk to each other all the time outside of the podcast. So. I mean, I'll own that I'm probably not shit for that. Um Probably.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Probably. You know, I just don't operate how everybody else does. And I'm not being a secret keeper, to be honest, y'all. I just didn't know how that was gonna play out, if it was something that I was really gonna do. But anywho. She she
0: knew even. before she posted it though. But you know what? she not my <laughs> nigga. I ain't about to check her. I can't. I, I checked too many people already today. <laughs>
1: I, <laughs> right. I can't
0: add you to that list.
1: Sometimes we do get a little confused about that. Like, we we can't be checking each other like we're dating because <laughs> we're not.
0: We're
1: not dating, um, so that's all right. Anywho, like back does. to the point of that. I'm not a secret keeper. um See, now I don't forgot what I was saying, Kiana. Oh, you know, just talking to my friends about my problems. And it may not be, you know, those select friends, somebody that you, like you said, somebody that you can really trust, um, that's going to give you some real advice, uh, not tell you what you want to hear, all that good stuff. So I got to find the right friend, you know, the right people that are going to do that because sometimes, I'm not going to lie, this is something I do. Sometimes I call the friend that I know is going to tell me what I want to hear. I just need you to confirm what I feel like I shouldn't want to do. That usually that, is me. You said what?
0: I said that usually, that can be me.
1: <laughs> and you know, I can sometimes be that a neighbor friend, but you friend, but you gotta have the people that's gonna give
0: it to you straight. And that was you the other day. Lord Jesus, that was you. I want to hang
1: up on you. She was not. She thought she was about to break up with me. <laughs> She was not happy. It's going to be two people in one day. (laughs) Oh, snap. Shots fired on air. Shots fired on air. Somebody come get her. Oh, man. It's okay, though. Well, I knew I wasn't going anywhere, so... <laughs> Let me keep my smart-ass comments to myself. I had one right to roll right off my tongue, but, Lord, I don't know who's going to listen to this episode. <laughs> More power to the other person, because I'm going to be a brown. I hope uh, he make stop. it. <laughs> Let me be quiet. So... <laughs> so... Kiana, that's what this podcast is for. We say what we want. I still got to have a life outside this podcast. (laughs) Right. What you say? You still out here trying to get married and have kids. (laughs) Two and a half kids with a dog and a white picket fence.
0: (laughs) Right. I'm still trying to get that dream. A dream deferred, like you said.
1: (laughs) Right. A dream deferred. You know,
0: I'm still trying to get it. So I really can't mess up too much. Can't really talk that much shit. But just no. Anywho. Um, I think those are all good things. I love what you said about your mom. I think that's really neat. Um, another and- thing I really like to do too is like, I like music. I love music. And oh, yes. If I'm feeling really, if I'm like in a place, don't let me put on some gospel. there's a full-blown worship session that's happening, and I might be laid out on this floor crying. <laughs> I'm
1: be face to face with God, okay? Like and when I say face-to-face face, figuratively, like just laid right. out on the floor, face up to God, like, look, a whole praise and worship session.
0: And before I came to Tennessee, I really had a routine. Like, my Wednesdays were dedicated strictly to Bible study, um, Sundays strictly to church. And now I'm visiting churches, and I don't really have a Bible study that I go to, but I try to watch Bible study as much as possible. I'm not as good as I was before, which is something that I personally need to work on. But when I tell you that that was my release, that was my refresh Mm -hmm. button, it was everything. It literally kept me sane, I'm not saying that it doesn't anymore. I don't do it as much as I should, which is probably why I'm going partially insane. but um, I, love, I, I love going to church like church is my happy place, and I haven't found that necess- I haven't found that connection with the church here, but my church back home, the word church in Cleveland, that, that really is my happy place. that's my safe haven, and that is just where I can go and release. Um, Another thing, y'all, go to therapy. (laughs) Black people, go to therapy. There's nothing wrong with going to therapy, having having somebody you can talk to. I will be transparent. I have a lovely therapist. I call her my BFF. (laughs) (laughs) She is my BFF. And when there are just certain things that I just can't wrap my head around alone and I need somebody just to bounce these. Thoughts and feelings off of because, you know, this part of my adulthood is very fresh. It's very new. I've never been away from home before. I've never been by myself in a new city before. I've never been in a position Mm -hmm. that I'm in professionally like this before. I've never, you know, all of these things are new and it's overwhelming. And so if you can have somebody you can talk to about those things and how to cope and really get your life uh, on track to where you can balance things out on your own. There's professionals out there that will help you. And you don't, you aren't less of a person. You aren't weak. You aren't any of those things that are attributed to therapy or like things that people say about mental illnesses, stuff like that. Like that doesn't have to pertain to you because you need help. Like if you go to the, if you go break your leg, you're going to go to the doctor. Same thing right. goes for if emotionally you can't necessarily deal with certain things and process things on your own, you go get some help. So, I'm not opposed to therapy and my BFF is everything. <laughs> Find you one.
1: I am also an advocate for that. Um, I don't have a therapist yet, but I am on the hunt for one. So, I'm on that same, and I won't even call it a bandwagon, but I'm on that same train because. Um, sometimes you need to not only just talk to somebody, but talk to somebody who is completely outside of any situation that you're going through. Um, because you could, um, you could want to talk to your mother and feel like, you know, she's going to be, or going to perceive something a certain way. You could talk to one of your friends and you got to worry about if they're going to tell another friend about it. Um, you, or even, put their own thoughts and opinions into something and it's not really to benefit you. So sometimes you really just need somebody that is completely outside of the situation. Um, And I have a couple things to say about this therapy piece. One, for the people that are like, put these stigmas on going to a therapist, I think they're cowards. (laughs) Like, I think they are... Powers, because they make people, other people feel as if they're wrong or they're weak um, for doing something to take care of themselves when doing those types of things could prevent you from doing something else. If you're going to see a therapist on a weekly basis, that might prevent you from going further into depression. That might prevent you from going into a mental breakdown. So I'm all about getting the help that you need. And so anybody that's going to tell you not to do that, um, they're not people that you need in your life. They're cowards because maybe they just can't fix themselves up to do what it is that they need to do for themselves. And I know that's kind of harsh, but it's just like, don't put your negativity back to that point. Don't put your negativity on me. You know what I mean? I'm trying to find my way of self-care And if this is how I choose to do it, then this is how I choose to do it. My other point about therapy is I feel like another stigma about it is not knowing how to pay for it. I think uh, people have this idea that therapy can be really expensive and not that it's not. But you have to seek out, um, talk to your HR professional, whoever at work about what resources you have. I know mm-hmm. for me personally, I realized that I get these um health reimbursement dollars um and it's imp- paid by my employer and it's for anything medical and mental related so I could use this pot of money to go see my therapist every week as opposed to having to pay out of pocket um your flexible spending accounts, your employee assistant programs, those are typically free and at no cost to the employer, and they're accessible 24-7, 365, and you're talking to professional counselors. Yes, I'm getting on my HR um, soapbox right now, but I think that's a hard part about therapy as well is that it doesn't seem like it's accessible to some people, and it, and it's more accessible than you think is my point. Um, you just have to it find really the resources is. and know about the resources to get that and pay for it, um, and all that good stuff. So I'll get off my my soapbox now, but I think that's important for people to know. That it's
0: Thank you for sharing. I don't have any data tidbits I could ever drop, but <laughs> 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 y'all just stay in sure that because like I gotta tell y'all learn Excel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, well let's go to the wrap up or our last call.
1: Cool beans.
0: Um, let's see who's getting any tips. You wanna give us your tip first?
1: I'm trying to think of who my tip is gonna be for this week. And I really I really tried to think about who I had in mind. Um and I forgot it. I can go. Okay.
0: Um, my tip is going to go to Hillary Rodham Clinton.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: She's going to get, um, she get fifty. She get 15% because I ain't going to act like I was always with her. I was with Bernie mm-hmm. first. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Hillary was at the commencement at USC that we were at. And it was just so cool to be in the same space that she was in. And it was so awesome to see, it's still awesome to see these women advocating for uh, women's rights and really showing their support for her still. I will say this, um, white women, though, I do believe in intersectionality. A lot of y'all don't when it comes to uh, women's rights. If you're going to stand up for women's rights, that means black women, too. But I'll get off that soapbox really quick. Um... (laughs) So, I would give a a tip to Hillary just because I shared the same room with her. I think her nephew was graduating um, with Mark. So, that was really neat.
1: Yeah, I was, um, I never grasped why she was there. I was like, oh, that's dope. I just stood up and clapped because her and Bill were there, correct? Yeah, they were. Yeah, like, because Bill and I are on a first name basis.
0: I was going to say, black people don't have no respect for presidents that they think is cool. Obama was there. Bill was there. Oh,
1: no. Oh, no. I say for sure President Barack Obama because there are so many people. There would be so many people out there that refuse to put that title in front of his name that he earned for um, eight years. So, but now Bill, I do feel like Bill is the homie, even though we, you know what, we won't get into that. We'll say that for another day, but yes, I feel like Bill and I are on the first name basis. And so they were both there. That was pretty dope. I just didn't um realize what they were there for. So that's dope to know that. Uh their nephew graduated with Mark. Um I think I'm going to skip the tip for the week.
0: <laughs> I think that's okay.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't have anything this week that really stood out bad or positive that anybody should get a bad tip for or a good tip for. So do you have any brunch
0: places to recommend?
1: I do. No, I'm super excited about that. <laughs> okay. So there is a new place in Columbus. I think it's coming up on a year old, um, <clears throat> but it's a new place in Columbus, downtown Columbus called Hadley's and their brunch is everything and I had they had this dish of uh, shrimp and grits as you all know I only eat seafood I don't eat any other meat um so they had shrimp and grits and to tell you how amazing it was when I got my dish I realized that I think there were like little pieces of bacon in it and the menu did not say anything about there being bacon in in this dish um, so I traded with a friend who had gotten the same thing and he was like, oh, I don't think there's any bacon in mine. Like here you can have mine. At the end of the day, I'm pretty sure that other one that presumably didn't have bacon in it probably has some sort of bacon flavor in it. And I did not care that day. Like, you're getting
0: so close to breaking this.
1: I, and this was some time ago, but, um, So I didn't actually eat any bacon, but I feel like for sure there was probably some sort of bacon flavor. Um, And I was ready to risk it all that day. But those shrimp and grits were amazing. It was like topped with this tomato type sauce, which is really um, different to me from what I've seen in shrimp and grits. But needless to say, it was amazing. And they had bottomless mimosas for like $15. Yes. So they would continue to bring out your personal bottle of champagne and orange juice to the table on point. I'll be back. I'll definitely be back there for brunch. Take
0: me and take me and take me to House of Japan.
1: Oh my gosh! Which I'm getting some
0: this weekend.
1: Kiana loves this place called House of Japan here in Columbus. Mostly because there's this thing that they call a sauce, but it looks like a heart attack. In a, it's like a blub, just a blub of yellow cholesterol, uh, and she loves it. But I'm not. Y'all, it's so good. It's not nice, you can call it whatever you want. You can call it blue <laughs> It's good. <laughs> okay.
0: All right, y'all. Okay. Well, that's it for this episode. Um, check us out on our social medias. Our Instagram is bitches double underscore love underscore I mean oh shit Try to get bitches right double right. underscore love double underscore brunch did that right? alright y'all
1: we'll catch you next week alright bye y'all